0: Welcome back to another episode of the Lead with Data podcast with myself, Rena Gammy. In addition to being a podcast host, I also lead a business intelligence and data analytics recruitment practice. This is the podcast where I bring you some of the most talented data leaders who have contributed in significant uplift of BI and data analytics capabilities in some of the most progressive organisations across Australia. I want to share the stories of their careers, challenges they faced, and the reality of how the recent pandemic may or may not have impacted their roles and responsibilities in their current organisations. Here's where we get to learn what some of the professionals in this field are doing right now. I'm joined today by Bavika, who is the Head of Data Governance at Energy Australia. I actually met Vavika at a, um, a future female uh, event a few weeks ago and was really inspired by her story. Um, I guess coming from sort of similar cultural backgrounds, I think she, you know, some of the stuff she talked about really, really contributed um, to, to that uh, event when she was a panel speaker there in relation to, I guess, the stigma um, that's often attached um, coming from the cultural backgrounds that we do where, you know, it's, it, you know, it's not very known for... For women to have, you know, sort of highly driven, you know, career um, careers. So I think, you know, for me, it was really inspirational to see Bavika there. Um, so I'll get a um, hand over to Bavika and get her to introduce herself and give us a bit of a background, I guess, of her journey and uh, career to date.
1: Thank you, Rina so hi everyone, I'm Bhavika Nadkut. I have been working in data, data-related roles for the past 15 years. Um, I have actually helped different organizations to achieve their data journey r- right from, um, you know, projects, manufacturing, um, utilities, and even councils I have worked for. So I have dealt with different, different data and different businesses and helped them uncover their most important aspect, which is um, data.
0: So that's a little bit about me. Thank you. Excellent. Now, in terms of um, your background, I know you sort of started off sort of more on the programming side. Are you able to recall uh, when your passion for BI and data analytics first started? Yes,
1: I do remember that. Uh, I came here as a student to uh, pursue my master's degree. And that's where, when I was looking out for jobs, I got an internship uh, with Siemens Rail. Now it is known as Siemens Rail. So um, I was hired there as an IT intern to do some of the IT tasks. Uh, but then the journey began, and they were just setting up BI. At that time, you know, people people didn't they were not that adverse with data or data aspects. Um, it was very very well known as business intelligence at that time, and I was being introduced. And I was being told, would you be interested? This is something new that we are trying to set up. We don't have anything. Um, And, you know, this is what it is. And I was like, yeah, why not? Let me just try. And I was being given a couple of videos to go through to, you know, self-learn so I started to spend a lot of hours trying to teach myself SSRS yeah. <laughs> back then. Um, yeah, and then they were they had they didn't have anything, so they they were starting from scratch. And uh, that time, I think there was not a lot of budget allocated to this as well. That's why uh, me and another another intern was put in there, and they were yeah. going through a huge migration project. So that's where I started to learn and then um, helping people was uh, another aspect, you know, when you are uncovering the stories from data and you're going and presenting to your stakeholders, they become really excited Oh, this is something that I didn't know about or this is something new to me so I started to enjoy that and I had love for numbers since my childhood Uh, so because my dad being in business it was like kind of a a thing that you need to know your numbers so that's where my love for numbers was there plus the data and the programming was a good mix and I found this field very very interesting and that's where I started my journey.
0: Excellent. Well, definitely a great career choice um, if you look at it from today's point of view, for sure. So, um, yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, And I guess um, in terms of your career and you've had a very exciting sort of career and and, and obviously very, very successful. So tell me about a couple of your kind of career highlights or projects that have sort of shaped who you are now.
1: Um, The very first project where I really got um, my confidence was, you know, working as an intern, and I learned a lot of things from my manager out there as well, you know, because this is something new that we were trying to do and which was not known in in the in the different businesses as well, you know, you would say. Um now if you talk about data, everybody listens because you know it has got us a charm or the popularity. Uh, so that's where we were trying to run and that's where he gave me a few simple tips. Um, and that's where, you know, it gave me a confidence because not only, um, there was a huge, uh, transformation project, but at the same time, you know, this, uh, this driving BI strategy or, you know, it was altogether new and it was on the trial basis, if I can recollect. Yeah. So that is something that, you know, gave me a, a lot of confidence because a lot of things was, you know left up to me you know you you design and I still remember the 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 corporate dashboard that was the first time you know I learned what to include how to include and all so that was the biggest one where it gave me the boost uh, you know to deal with different um, different team leaders different managers I had interns as well that I was training over there um, so it was it was quite uh, a memorable experience at the same time I could showcase my skills and I had great support from uh, from the leaders that I was working with. So that was really nice. And then uh, that became sort of my uh, highlight of my career, you know. Yeah. Uh, since then, I have helped five different organizations achieve uh, similar sort of projects as in, you know, they didn't have anything or they had something which they didn't like and yeah. helped them transform
0: into a data-driven business. Sure. So maybe talk 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 us through a little bit more about some of the, um, you know, data-driven changes that you did in those organizations. You mentioned some were completely starting from scratch, obviously, like the, the Siemens role, you know, you pretty much were this, we're just kind of creating this role, make it work. Um, t- tell us a bit more about some of the, the changes that you uh, were responsible for driving.
1: I'll talk about the most recent one, um, at Momentum Energy. So, mm-hmm. When I started at Momentum Energy, uh, they had a very legacy, um, you know, SQL Server uh, database. And um, it it was to a point that, you know, they had to do something about it. And I was brought in uh, and they didn't have a plan. They just wanted to um, get a new fancy tool which will answer all the questions. That was the briefing that I had. (laughs) So... So that that change is where you know I had to go through a lot of transformation, as in find out uh, what tool would be the best, um, help them understand and drive the change. Um, that was the key aspect in there, I would say, because technology keeps changing. As you can see, when we started, like when I started my career, at that time there was um, business objects, which yes. was you know everybody was very keen about, and SQL Server and Power BI. Did, didn't even exist
0: yeah. at that time,
1: so so um, the so tools is always the easy aspect whenever the transformation project and what I have realized the real real charm or the real success is when you drive this change within the people, as in when they are looking for answers, they would look at your report or your dashboard or you they would actually you know come up to you and say, "Can you give me some facts? Can you give me some numbers because it's not just that you know you're, you're implementing a tool or technology or you know giving them a laptop, saying use it. Yeah. Uh, we are we are actually uh, taking them to the next step because based on that they're going to make decisions. So the trust, the change, those are the critical aspects that play a huge
0: role. I would say. Yeah, mm-hmm. Excellent. and what you mentioned obviously when you joined uh, Momentum, you were sort of uh, you know working with some legacy systems. Did you have an existing team? That were skilled and, and capable enough to deliver what you needed to deliver.
1: No, uh, I had a team uh, which were, uh, you know, they were uh, they there were some internal people who just knew, had the knowledge of business. Yeah, uh, but they didn't have a real data team at all. Uh, that was the part of the deal that uh, once I get the tools and technology, I am supposed to get you know all together a new team, or uh, uplift the team so I, I that was another change aspect that I had to um, take the team through to the through the new tools and the technology and the way of you know how I have architect their data everything was new everything was uh, you know driving back to the change um, that was the aspect that was uh, really really hard but yeah. at the same time it was uh, fun because yeah. you know that way you're teaching people you're, um, you know, helping them to learn something completely new.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when, when you joined uh, Momentum, was there, um, did you find that there were people or, you know, stakeholders that were perhaps sort of skeptical about um, the data and what it means and what it tells you? Or did you find that there was, um, you know, uh, some some good buy-in? Or was that sort of a journey you had to take people through in terms of, you know, on that change management piece?
1: Uh, I had to take them through a journey. It was a it was a really um, long, long, steep learning curve for all of them because, yes. uh, as you uh, you know, you've used Power BI. Most of them have used Power BI. Yeah. But uh, it is it can get a little bit challenging because you know um, initially they had a couple of SSRS reports and Excel uh, sheets where the data was being um, looked into. All you know they've been they've been used to it, so I had to um take them through that journey actually i'll share a very interesting um example as well yeah, you know um, so without without naming anyone of course absolutely <laughs> uh so we we did have um uh, a senior management position um uh so he was uh my uh you know most difficult stakeholder i would yeah. say uh who was not willing to move over to power bi like yeah. all the others you know we i had this fancy dashboard where they could they could you know get know where how the team is performing yeah uh but this particular person was like now i like my spreadsheet i like to see and I i like to type my own numbers in there and this is how i function you can't come and change it now yeah so that that was the thing but then um after a while, you know, working with the person, I used to be at that person's desk every day, eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, with my Power <laughs> VR report, and I used to wait there. I'm like, you key in your numbers, you get your results, and I'll show you my result on my phone. I don't even need my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> That, that carried on for almost three weeks until wow, the person got okay. the trust yeah yeah and uh, the person got the trust and um he came on the journey and then he was my biggest advocate in the in the organization So yeah I, yeah, I went through this but now I love this now even on my holidays I know how my uh how my uh sales are going yeah. you know so yeah, yeah. it was yeah. it was quite fun now 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 we became best friends and you know he he left uh yeah so it's it's all about them getting that love and that trust and that uh, you know confidence in the in the numbers that you're trying to present to them
0: absolutely and I think there's a really um, strong underlying message there Bavika, where You know, you said you've got to take people through a journey. And if as a data leader, you feel that journey is you go in, you show them some fancy, you know, uh, reports or dashboards and go, hey, we're going to move from your, you know, your Excel spreadsheets, um, you know, to this now and expect them to buy into that within a very short space of time. That's just not um, realistic. I think, like you said, it took you three weeks of consistently Um, demonstrating um, what you can achieve in such a short space of time um, versus what this person. So, you know, um, you know, old habit, you know, old habits are, are really hard to change and, and, and that's no different. I think in the, in the workplace, you know, people are so used to doing things. Why would they change if something's working? So I think the real underlying message is that, you know, you have to kind of be patient and every person's appetite to jumping on board is going to be quite different. Yep. Agreed. Excellent. Um, now, um, I know that uh, one of the things um, for you, you, you touched on there about the tours, you know, the tours are one aspect. Um, they're, you know, they're very easy to sort of, you know, de- categorise in terms of, you know, that, you know, they're very black and white um, people and change, um, you know, the, the the culture behind that change management piece is something that you have to Adapt and um, and change. Did you find at uh, Momentum Energy that you, or in, even in your previous roles, that you've had to go down to the ground level of where this data is sometimes coming from in order to provide you with the accuracy of the information that you and your team would need?
1: Uh, yes, all the time. So uh, we, what the approach that I normally take is. Um, work with the operational people who are on the grounds, who are actually preparing these reports. So um, I have often, um, I remember my time at Luma Energy where, you know, I was trying to build a single customer view. At that time, you know, I was actually sitting there with an operation team member and trying to understand what and how he relates things to in order for them to produce a report. So I always try to go back to the source and try to understand the business aspect rather than just saying that these numbers are the numbers that we are getting from the the database. You know, I know my query, this is right. So I never take that approach. I actually work with the user or work with the person to understand how it is joining the dots and where and uh, how it comes through from the system so that he or she who is actually working with me understands the process that the data team has taken at the same time, uh, they they get the confidence and trust because it becomes like they have built together with me rather than I have built and I have given it to them. So that's sort of an approach. Again, it's like, you know, getting the people on the journey because this yeah. is the journey which is going to take you uh, far away, um, you know, and make you realize how much it is important only if if everybody is on board, otherwise it's never going to fly from the ground.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and in terms of um, your career, now you obviously mentioned you, you sort of, you know, almost kind of fell into to, to data analytics and BI. Um, you then sort of further kind of focus and specialize more on that data governance side. Um, how did that, um, how did that sort of career path um, lead you to, to where you are now?
1: Um, to Every time, uh, like in, in my past experiences, I had seen that, you know, um, no matter how good systems you put in, if you don't have the right governance, everything after a while starts to fall apart. So that's what I had experienced and I had learned. So that's where I thought um, for everything to work, uh, heavy governance is something that is that is very, very important compared to um or you know different tools and technologies they they keep changing they're very very mm-hmm. dynamic and as you can see uh, over the years things are getting much 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 simpler like when we started uh, like when I started my career a full-blown warehouse was a must otherwise you don't have a good good database right mm-hmm. and if you if you look now um, everything uh, everywhere people are talking about having um, data lakes or, you know, yeah. how quickly with no code you can get um, data available to the business very yeah. quickly. Um, so everywhere it is just tying back to the point of, you know, they want to remove or they want to simplify that engineering aspect where people used to fear or where maximum projects failed or, you know, where maximum... Um, amount of uh, uh, you know work used to go in yeah but what ties all this together if you see is the governance aspect so if you have governance if you have a clear definition what is your customer or what how do you define your sale that is the recipe for success so that's where I thought you know pivoting myself into more into governance role will give me um, uh, uh, more visibility at the same time more control over all the other aspects sure. that I have been working for such a long time. So.
0: Yeah absolutely and I suppose if we were to relate that to um, you know an organization that was perhaps sort of medium-sized or smaller where they don't have um such big sort of analytics or BI teams, how would they sort of incorporate or bring in aspects of that data governance um, if they don't have sort of, you know, sort of separate teams? Is there a few kind of, um, uh, you know, things that you you could sort of tips or advice that you could give in terms of things that they could incorporate? Um,
1: I I think data governance, it's not just a team that actually functions mm-hmm. it is when everybody does their part right data governance has um properties like data quality for sake yeah, yeah? Quality, data quality everybody plays a role right from the person um, taking into momentum's example person who's picking up the phone entering yes. the customer details and you know the the things flow on. So uh, every organization where I'm driving this change, I always try to get people involved and say this is a joint project. So I would say that there should be a clear KPIs or definitions and that um, awareness um, to be available um, so that people can feel part of it and they can start contributing. at Momentum Energy, we, we did have a role play done, you know, at our quarterly so that yeah. people understand right from the phone call of a customer and, you know, how that experience really matters to them. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if, you, if you call up and say, I want to, you know, connect my energy or electricity account, but if you give a, if you give a right address, but a person keys in a wrong address, That's where, you know, the the work piles up at the same time, you don't have a happy customer as well. So, yeah, so that's where we try to link up. So everybody has a role to play if they have a clear KPIs, they know that this is where, you know, this is where the literacy gap is, if they can fill that in. it's it's going to be a success, but everybody needs to feel part of it and it starts from the top rather than the bottom. That is something that I always emphasize uh, that, you know, if the executive management is supporting this initiative, then everything is going to work from there on. Otherwise, it's going to be very hard to drive this change.
0: Yeah, and it's usually the execs that are hard to change. Um, you know, I, I tend to find that uh, where that, you know, the information's coming in, uh, you know, those individuals typically are very keen to jump on board because it's ordinarily just makes their lives easier to have a, quite a simplified process. It's usually, you know, at the executive level um, where, you know, they're, they're they're keen to run these initiatives. Um, quite often, they're not always um, leading from the front. So I, I think you're spot on there. So yeah, no, that's great. Excellent. Um, I guess, um, you know, you've had obviously some great uh, career highlights uh, you talked about a couple of uh, challenges in relation to some of the change management, um, you know, things that you've been driving. What would you say have been um, some of your, you know, some of the most challenging things you have faced, uh, whether that's related to your data career, your career in general? Um, yeah, what, what would they be?
1: Um, challenges, I would say again, you know, um, understanding and working with different people, uh, you know, that those, those that is a difficult aspect. Once you know um, the people around you, then things become easier. But when you are in your unknown, that is kind of difficult and challenging to know and get your way around. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, getting the executive buy-in. Um, at Momentum Energy, in, in, you know, in three years, I could not only finish the transformation project, but you know that was a huge change, like the migrating them to cloud and all. That was all possible because I had a huge support from my executive team and they believed that you know data can do wonders that's where it, things became easier for me but uh, most of the time uh my my strength or my fight goes in getting that buy-in and getting them on board and saying you know this is equally important uh this should be considered as equal to as your p that you would consider right yeah. so that's where it's always been a struggle and um sometimes you get it easily sometimes it's hard to get everybody on board so I think that is the biggest challenge I often face when I'm trying to drive these initiatives
0: yeah yeah and I think that's pretty universal isn't it I think and you've got to just have those relationship building those influential those um you know those type of skills to to get people to kind of understand and like you said you know get people to be part of it rather than feel like they're being told to to Excellent. Um, And I guess, you know, sort of probably more current uh, related to the um, current environment, you know, and and COVID and working from home and things like that. What would you say the biggest challenge, uh, you know, was for you that you faced during this time? Um, Apart from uh, doing homeschooling. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But,
1: uh, apart from that, is you know, like connecting uh, with people. It is always you know we are blocked by the screen. Yes. Uh, when you are in person, you can read the body language, and you know if you have a question, you can just walk up to someone and have that conversation. Yeah, it makes uh, life much easier. Compared to COVID, like you have to, even if it is 5-10 minutes, you have to book in and you have to make time to connect with people. Whereas, you know, in the office, you're having a coffee, you quickly have a conversation. Yeah. Oh, okay, this is what is happening. Oh, no, but I think this is a better way to do. To, things are done. So, but in in... COVID life, it is very hard to have the connection going,
0: yeah. especially
1: when you're driving change where you know physical aspect is very important. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that is something that I think uh, you know, things could have worked more much more faster if if it was like a normal um in-person meeting rather than having to talk through the screens. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: so yeah. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. yeah, gone, sorry. But I would say on another on a positive aspect, uh I could do a lot more uh, being at home compared yes. to, you know, in the <laughs> office. So yes. it does have its positive, not just absolutely. the negatives, uh, yes. which is where, you know, we all have been thinking about. So I, was, okay. I always try to highlight the positive aspect as well. Oh,
0: absolutely. And I think that's why, you know, the, the hybrid um, balance that organisations have learned. Um, you know, uh, uh, improving and increasing productivity, but also giving people that work-life balance, Um, like you said, certainly has its positives. And, and, you know, uh, we tell clients all the time, we've got um, a number of, uh, you know, organisations that we recruit for, and they're very much adopting a hybrid approach. Um, but there are some organisations that are, you know, firm on: as soon as we're back, we're back in the office. And um, you know, I think they're really cutting themselves short for for, you know, missing out. They're going to miss out on some great talent because, um, you know, they've they've decided to just go back to, you know, pre pre-COVID environments um, and, and, you know, from a talent point of view, as you probably know, having been a been a hiring manager yourself, Bhavika, you know, people are not just motivated by the salaries, um, you know, or how, you know, how amazing your office looks. It's, there's a lot of other things that come into it. So, no, absolutely. Um, and then I guess from your perspective and, you know, you've seen a lot of changes obviously, um, you know, throughout your career, where do you see the industry going?
1: Uh, that, that this is this is gonna grow more and <laughs> more from here, uh, in if you ask me, a data so, Uh, uh Now, but I think you know now everybody is um is trying to or you know are in the process to migrate to cloud, mm-hmm. which is an important aspect. Um, because as you know, COVID has highlighted a lot of facts where you know how data plays a very very important role in everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Um. And to manage uh, that huge amount of data, cloud technologies play a huge role. Uh, followed by that, I think machine learning mm-hmm. is where you know it's it will continuously change the aspect. As we can see, there are a lot of use cases which are already um, available for us to understand, but there is more to come, and I think it has a huge potential. Um, data scientists and cdos will also yeah. will be in huge demand uh, <laughs> so you know people like you and me will always be busy doing things yes. <laughs> that we enjoy and um and as i mentioned earlier data governance or the privacy yes. will always remain the hot issue because the more the data the more governance is required and the more data sharing will happen you know everything needs to happen ethically yeah you know so that that is going to be um another important aspect and yeah people people will try to make it you know they want things to be fast so yeah. you know having that quick insights quick actions what can i do now like you know as you we all use our um smart devices for different questions nowadays so something yeah. like that in the business as well people would try to um have it you know that tell me what my sales are going to be in one week's time, yes. hopefully there's that. I'm no COVID, so it can answer it properly. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but things like that. So I think there's a huge potential um, for people who are uh, getting into the field or are already in the field, and it's just going to grow from here. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Now, um, some of the conversations um, that I've been having recently as well with, with um, some other sort of data leaders is is around sort of data and cyber cybersecurity, which I think is becoming um you know something that organizations really need to focus on. What's what's your sort of experience or take on that? Uh I should I should be careful what I talk
1: because my <laughs> husband is a cyber security.
0: <laughs> oh like likewise,
1: don't worry. <laughs> so is
0: mine. <laughs>
1: so yeah it, it is it is a huge um huge deal and I think um over the line these two fields are gonna you know uh, gonna be tightly look up and that is the recipe of success uh because At the same time, you know, no matter how much data we like to collect and share and all uh, security is a huge aspect, because um, if any of our data that is not to be shared is shared, it can it can have huge losses to the business. And the only way that protects us is the cybersecurity aspect of it. So um, I think that plays a huge role as well. Um, And you know, it it has to go hand in hand i would say uh from here on for us to be safe and secure at the same time uh you know utilize this data to understand our customers better
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, that you know, as you said, you know, we've got this hunger for more data, more data, but we also need to have the infrastructure to make sure that's protected. Um, And I think that's where some organizations who work in a hybrid environment um, feel that their data is protected by being on-prem. Whereas, you know, other organizations who are completely in the cloud feel that they have more, uh, you know, much more better facilities and infrastructure if the data's in the cloud so I think it's an interesting one um, and discussions are always always going on about that excellent well thank you so much I guess I'll sort of lead on to more of the um you know personal stuff I guess um, in terms of you know what is it that you know uh, what do you like to read if you do read or if you listen to you know audiobooks uh, you know what kind of things do you like to read um it, it depends if I'm t- if I'm
1: you know focused or attracted to new tools and technologies. Then yeah. I'll be all over you yeah. know trying to learn more about it, read more about it. I do have uh, you know technology um, subscriptions yeah. <laughs> that I often you know jump on and read and understand what is happening in industries. Um, And, you know, I often attend webinars and all because of my little one and things that I do off work. I don't get so much time to sit and relax and read a book. Yeah. Um, So, you know, that's that's something that I've realized over the years. If you attend webinars and listen to the podcast while you're driving and all you can learn so many things yes. uh, so quickly because the other person has done the research for you. <laughs>
0: Correct. Yeah, No. I, I so, think spot on. I, I can't remember the last time I sat down and had time to read a book. Um. So I'm a bit like you. I'd, I'd rather listen to information from, you know, people who, who know what they're talking about and then just, you know, digest that rather than uh, try and learn myself. So no, I think spot on. Um. And look, you know, I think a big part of um, being successful and managing uh, you know life priorities and career priorities you know you've got to be able to deal with stress so what would your kind of advice be or, or how do you deal with stress Avika?
1: Um, I still try and make time early morning to do my yoga and I yeah. meditate uh, which has helped me quite a bit and it it clears my mind basically So every day I try to do that and I have uh, my goals written down. So every time I get angry and like, why am I doing this? Do I really have to do this? That is something which is always available on my desk. And I have my to-do list, which always comes to rescue. You know, when I've got so many things on and so many things I have to do, I always have my to-do list next to me so that I know how much I can do. And what are the things that I can drop. So those are the things that keeps me going. Um, Also, um, sometimes it helps me to listen to some positive talks. Um, So, you know, some TED talks and things like that. I would just put it on and then, you know, just just listen to someone and it just it just helps me to calm down and get my focus back, um, then you often lose, you know, especially in this environment, you can't talk to anyone, right? Um, So that that time, you know, listening to another person just just helps you to calm down and um, makes you, keeps you
0: going. So, yeah. Excellent. And I guess that the listeners, um, you know, for this podcast will range from, you know, graduates sort of coming in, uh, people who've migrated, uh, you know, from, um, you know, other countries, also, you know, leaders and, and rising sort of uh, data leaders as well. Um, what would your um, sort of advice be probably for more of the kind of entry level sort of graduates or people who are just kind of entering into to the data market, um, who, you know, find it, um, you know, quite, challenging to get their first foot in the door um do you have any tips or, or advice around um you know what what they could be doing um I would say look
1: out for internships so uh when I was at Momentum or before that as well you know I started myself as an intern as well so I try to keep that trend going so look out for internships that can help you to get a gist of you know what will you getting into so and apart from that I would say you know try and attend the events um, because that's where you make a lot of networking and that's where you Um, you know learn a lot of things as well that's you know I say networking events or those webinars or those conferences they are the free knowledge which is available over there from the from the leaders in your industry so I would highly encourage to attend those because that's where you learn a lot of things like podcasts like this you know if you're if you're on your way um, to work or you're driving or you're taking a train ride it's often good to listen to things um, or, and you know try some things might just click you know um that's where i found my mentor as well where yeah. you know i had attended one of the events and from there on um you know whenever i had questions i often go to her so you know even having a mentor helps quite a bit a um, lot of lot of uh, organizations are working in there where you know you can you can pay and get mentor or you can find one yourself Um, So that way also it helps. So I would say whatever works for you, but try and, um, you know, learn new things. Um, Learning is the way to go. Um, If you keep yourself updated and you're constantly evolving and learning new trends, which are coming up in data, um, you'll be fine. And just have that passion and, you know, have that love for it. Um, Only then, you know, you, you will really enjoy it. Like if you ask me middle of the night, come in, let's do a data project (laughs)
0: be happy to do it so you need to
1: have that love and passion Uh, that's the most
0: important thing I would say (laughs) excellent excellent and do you have a couple of favorites in terms of some networking or groups whether it's uh, LinkedIn or sort of external um, uh, you know sort of uh, organizations where you know there's a couple of your favorites that you feel would be good ones to share
1: uh, there are heaps of them, like there's a power bi developer group if yeah. if things if you're looking for the visualization yeah. uh, for mentorship, uh for mentorship that I was meant, uh, talking about there's mentorship uh, where right. i'm I'm a part of the group as well. I help the committee again with data and analytics over there, but they they have an excellent uh, program that you know goes on for the whole year where um you can actually enroll yourself and you know get a mentor and have that relationship going you can meet fantastic people over yeah. there um so there are various groups that right. you can be part of and uh you can you can pick things
0: up uh from there. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well thank you for sharing a couple of those. I think it's good because like you said there's so many. So it's good to just have a couple that uh, you know you found particularly valuable. So uh yeah thank you for sharing those. And then I guess lastly inspiration. Um, you know uh, tell me about who's probably been your your biggest support um and uh, your inspiration throughout your sort of career and personal life i guess
1: mm-hmm. in my personal life uh my support system is my husband and uh, you know before that my dad
0: yeah
1: because you know without his support whatever I could do I cannot do because I've been involved into so many different things and you know he takes takes a lot of me so I would say he's he's been my great support and obviously my parents no matter what it is they've Mm -hmm. always been my by my side you know yeah. I have been a most rebellious kid I want to do this <laughs> I'm gonna do this so. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah so they, they have always supported me um in whatever I wanted to do and in terms of the inspiration um I don't know where you know many of the listeners or talk um uh, would know but uh this this lady called Sudha Murthy, um yeah. Yeah. So I had uh, listened to one of her talks, which was coming up on the TV, you know, when I was growing up. Yeah. Since then, I became fan of her. Uh, She she had so much to and she talks things so simplified manner. Yeah. And, um, you know, she she's so down to earth and she has so much kindness and humility. And that's what I I look up to her all the time. And I always feel like, you know, how she does things to giving back. That's what has inspired me, you know, from my childhood. That's where, you know, when I have to do some voluntary work, I don't mind. I just put up my hand and I go for it. So, yeah, Yeah. those are the few people that, you know, they've always touched my life in the different ways
0: excellent I don't know how you keep up because I obviously we're connected and I see you're here there and everywhere Bavika. and I know that you're also a mum as well and you've got so much going on so I absolutely hats off to you because I I don't know how you manage to juggle everything and and be all things to everyone so it's it's really really inspirational to see that you 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 seem to manage uh, to do everything uh, really really well so just wanted to to say that but look thank you so much it's actually been really really good and i've certainly learned stuff that i didn't didn't know about so i've really personally enjoyed it now for our listeners um are you happy if there's anybody um you know who wants to reach out to you um and you know if they've got any questions around sort of anything we've discussed where they could be going through something similar and might want to sort of pick your brains or connect with you happy for them to reach out to you directly through linkedin yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, it's just that I have got lots of requests, so I'll get to it. <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> be honest. But yeah, you can you can uh, certainly um, reach to me uh, on LinkedIn. Yes. I'll be more than happy to help. I, I mentor three uh, females um, okay. every year because only that much time I can give you know, them. So yeah, so, yeah if anybody is interested as well, so next calendar year is just around the corner. If anybody is looking for that, I'm more than happy to help um in whatever shape and form i can and even a single chat just drop me a message i will get to you i promise (laughs)
0: but it's not going to be instantaneous so absolutely absolutely look quite often a lot of um the clients that i sort of deal with as well and, and have worked with over the years they quite often just like to connect with peers so it could be somebody else who's in a similar sort of role to you kind of going can we just share some ideas around what are you guys doing that's, you know, really, really good? Or, you know, we, we're struggling with this. Can you, you know, give us, uh, give us some ideas? So, um, yeah, people like that might sort of reach out to. I've, I've, I've often found that um, within the circles, um, you know, particularly uh, in the data and BI side, they, they do like to sort of share that knowledge. So, um, yeah, you, you may get, you know, hit up about things like that too. Yeah, more than happy to help out in that aspect. Um, yeah, any time. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I know that you've obviously just recently joined your new organization. I hope that all goes well and you settle in well. Um, but thank you so much. Once again, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you soon.
1: Thank you, Reena. Thanks again for the invite.
0: Thank Have you. a good day. Thank See you. Too. Bye bye. Bye.